Hi, everyone. I'm Amelia Rose Earhart, and you're listening to our very first CX Pulse podcast. Every week, we'll have a different CX expert share their insights about what it takes to be at the top of your industry by providing the service that customers expect. I hope you enjoy it. Today, we are so happy to be joined by Omer Minkara, who is Vice President and Principal Analyst at Aberdeen. And today, Omer, we're going to dive into the big topic of personalization. So before we get into all the details, give us the high-level overview of what personalization is. Yeah, absolutely. And looking forward to our conversation as well, Amelia. So, you know, when we think about personalization today, uh, I think we should go back a little bit as far as, you know, how how do we get to this point about personalization? So if you go back to the earlier years of the auto industry and think about Model T with Ford, uh, buyers back, back then were provided with one option. They had, you know, one vehicle size, but they had one, uh, you know, configuration and, you know, that fit the needs, but people had different preferences. They wanted, you know, different configurations, different sizes. So what personalization today means is altering and tailoring all the different components of a buyer engagement. So it could be the channel, the timing, the messaging, the overall journey that a business has with the customer itself. And, you know, th- thinking about it from a different perspective, think about post- uh, postcards, right? So, you know, you're writing someone a note for happy birthday. Uh, one size fits all approach, which is the traditional approach means that, you know, you would just write happy birthday and you're done. That still conveys the message. But personalization today really means adding that person's name, altering the, you know, look and feel of the card, you know, adding a, you know, sweet, nice message. And it could be digital, it could be in person, but that's what personalization stands for, really tailoring the engagement that businesses have with their customers. Yeah, that, that's such a good overview and comes to mind, you know, I think our, our levels of expectation around personalization are always increasing. So, you know, in your world of customer experience, let's talk about what the current state of personalization is like for the leadership teams. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, as we discussed, personalization has come a long way from the earlier days. Businesses have always understood that they need to personalize and they've done it to a certain degree based on gut feel, right? So, uh, maybe a couple of decades, uh, decades ago, you would go to your neighborhood bodega or you may go to your you know, neighborhood supermarket and, you know, they would know your name. They know your preferences. They know your likes and they try to personalize your experience as best as they can. But today, with a lot more you know, digital interactions taking place, the good, good thing is businesses have a lot more data about their customers' expectations and behavior than they ever did before. So they have more leverage to uh, utilize, to personalize the interactions. With that being said, it turns out in one of our recent surveys that 8 out of 10 businesses are actually struggling using that data in their personalization activities. So I think we're a lot more you know, ahead compared to where we used to be with personalization today in the digital age compared to maybe a decade ago. But a lot of companies are still struggling on how do they use that data? So one of the questions that we had when we designed that survey I referenced was, why are companies struggling? If they're struggling with data, what makes them challenge, be challenged with the use of the data itself? So number one reason apparently is the quality of the data that they have. So what is data quality? Well, what it stands for is... Um, providing the right kind of information to the right employee at the right time. So a great example is, let's say I'm a customer service representative or a contact center agent, and I'm on the phone with you, Amelia, you're calling in, you know, you got a question, maybe your, your service is out. 
Now, if I have the information on what marketing campaigns are you engaging with or click-through rates, that's you know insightful, but that doesn't help me help you uh, with your service outage. So what I need to know is, where do you live? What kind of service are you getting? Uh, have you called in before? Did you use self-service? That's the kind of information as a service rep that I need. So that's what a lot of companies are struggling with today, providing their employees with quality data. Another challenge that we're seeing in our research is uh, connected views of data. So again, using the analogy with service reps and marketing, uh, all those uh, you know business departments have different data silos typically. So marketing has one view of data, contact center is another one, sales is another one, so on and so forth. When different departments have different kinds of data, employees don't know uh, the different interactions that are happening with other departments. So they're not able to personalize because they lack the context. So that's another thing that's uh, you know related to the current state of affairs with personalization. With all that said, the good news is there actually is a leading group of businesses. We call them the best-in-class businesses in our research. That really master ways to get personalization right. And when they do that, when they solve their data management problems, when they execute the right you know activities, they're actually seeing some phenomenal results. They're creating happier customers. They're reducing customer effort, and they're also improving productivity of their employees and uh, addressing customer issues at the first point of touch. And net net they're able to reduce their costs and grow their revenue. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone. The customers are happy. The business is happy. So, you know, when personalization is done right, it pretty much delivers results for everyone. Right. And it sounds like you've got the data to back it up as well. So, Omer, we're going to change the topic a little bit here because personalization isn't really a new initiative for CX leaders. So let's talk about some of the ways that you see modern CX leaders really build and manage that future-ready personalization program. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, in the survey that I referenced early on, I haven't provided much color as far as who we surveyed, but briefly, because that pertains to some of the best practices, to your point on how businesses are able to personalize today in a modern environment. So we surveyed more than 340 businesses. Those were companies around the globe, across different industries, with the purpose of finding out what are some of the common best practices that translate across different industries and company sizes. So whether it be a large business or a small businesses, what are some of the common elements that they could all use to uh, get personalization right? And it turns out there are actually four different pillars. So the very first pillar that we found best-in-class firms to focus on is establish connected views of customer data. So back to our earlier example, when different business departments have different views of the data, that means that employees are going to struggle with having a holistic view of the buyer journey. So if I'm a seller, for example, I may not know, Amelia, that you called in before and you have an open support ticket. So now I'm trying to sell you something when you're probably frustrated and you're not you know, getting your needs address from the service team already. So uh, a connected view of customer data is always step number one. So employees, and even with the help of automation, the digital tools like a chatbot have the same view of data at the same time. Step number two is really modernizing the way companies segment. So in a traditional segmentation approach, uh, companies are using demographics. So looking at the you know region the company uh, the customer lives or the business is located, uh, it could be previous purchase history. In a modern approach to segmentation, we're talking about a one-to-one uh, analysis. So what are the unique uh, preferences? What's the unique journey of that one buyer looking like? So as opposed to expecting that, 
you know, Omer will, you know, act, you know, similarly with Amelia or with someone else, we all have different preferences and understanding what are your preferences versus mine, for example, Amelia. So the business can uh, target us in the most precise way possible. Step number three is journey management. So once companies establish a connective view of data, one of the things that we see the best-in-class organizations really do a phenomenal job in is building dynamic journey maps. So they map out the buyer journeys for each and every buyer so they understand typically what are the kinds of sales interactions that seem to resonate with Omer or Amelia and what channel, for example, does Amelia prefer over Omer so they can again uh, tailor the customer conversation accordingly. And then the last stage that seems to be really the gift that keeps on giving is contextualization with the help of AI and analytics. So with tools like machine learning, with artificial intelligence and automation, the data that companies already have in their toolbox can now be supercharged because you can look back into the historical data and you can automate future activities. So if, for example, someone has signed up for uh, you know, getting some newsletter from the organization, then other customers with similar attributes may be likely to buy an XYZ product. So knowing that, you can automatically trigger a marketing campaign or knowing a different kind of information, you can alter the service experience of a customer. So that's what contextualization stands for. And that's where machine learning, AI, and automation are really playing a critical role in helping companies supercharge that. Well, Omer, I have to say, now I understand the whole context of personalization a lot better. So thank you so much for explaining and giving us some of the ways that you and your entire team at Aberdeen can really help us visualize the entire system. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes.